Crypto Cranks, episode three, name still pending. We're back. We hopefully figured out our mic. Three episodes in. <laughs> three episodes in. I'm Landon. I'm Jacob. And today's podcast episode, you'll be learning about Bitcoin, but more importantly, it's brothers, the altcoins. It's annoying little brothers. The annoying little brothers. That's what we're going to be talking about today. All those ones that, you know, they want to copy everything you do. And they, they only do that until they actually get cooler than you. And then once they're cooler than you, they're like, ah, oh, forget you, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You're old and so last year. So let's dive right into it, shall we? Altcoin, we throw this term around. And I believe it came up in the previous ep- uh, most previous episode. And... It is simply a good way to say any coin after Bitcoin because I think we've kind of made it pretty clear Bitcoin is that first mover, has that, you know, I did it first advantage status. And so everything afterward, obviously, it's like it's like when Apple came out with the smartphone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go, look, touch screen, you know, all this. And then if you notice, every single phone, even like cheap burner phones now, they look like iPhones. They mm, look like yeah. Apple iPhones. So I think um, to distinguish in the minds, because when you say cryptocurrency, a lot of people immediately just go, oh, Bitcoin. And they think that's the only one that exists when there are thousands at this point. For, for good reason, too, honestly. Um, looking at the like total market of like the market cap of Bitcoin versus all of its altcoins, like number two, Ethereum, which we're going to be talking about. That's at about that's not even twenty billion. Bitcoin is over one hundred and sixty-five billion as of today. So it's and remember that is still at a seventy percent loss of what it peaked at back in twenty seventeen. So, so yeah, like and this this is October twenty sixth. So China just bumped it up a little bit. Yes. Last night and yesterday. Yes. The Chinese we'll president's remarks. Absolutely. But yeah, like alt like altcoins can be successful as they've shown, but Bitcoin is just so successful that they had to make another name for cryptocurrencies that weren't Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's dive into a little bit of the uh, those uh, alternate cryptocurrencies. Let's do it. So first and foremost, we were kind of talking about history last episode and so we're kind of still talking a little bit about history but we're also talking about the present and the future really today so back in 2011 so it took two years really when you think about it bitcoin the ledger begins oh i like that the ledger begins the blockchain begins um the blockchain began for bitcoin its life it came into existence remember back in january of 2009 name coin is our original the second mover it is the second mover he's the He's the the guy who woke up, saw what his roommate was doing, inventing, and then stole it. That's basically Namecoin. I'm just kidding. That, that was a bad joke. Lou, stop. Lou, don't write that down. That was terrible. Um, so Namecoin, 2011. The distinguishing feature with Namecoin, even though it's almost completely identical basically to Bitcoin, is that it could mm-hmm. store data within its blockchain transactions. So not only is it just storing transactional data because obviously when you analyze and you look at the blockchain which we can go into at a further episode you know using blockchain explorers looking at specific transactions it can also store other data what that data is maybe you should go check out namecoin maybe that's the coin for you although it is at about 40 cents right now it is i think so don't expect to make i mean 
If you're in it for the money, it's not the coin. Maybe that's not the coin for you. Namecoin has had its time. It remember it was that second mover, and its time is it's long gone. It, <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I don't know this thing. So, but moving into bigger, bigger, better altcoins, altcoins, things there, that are going to maybe move in the future, really. Yeah, there are a couple. The first I think we we said we we're going to talk about was Ethereum. Obviously, yes. You you can't you can't talk about altcoins without talking about Ethereum. Ethereum is that big first mover in regards to successful. Oh, successful. You got to look at it also as when you talk about we've thrown out this term before use cases. Ethereum has one of those very 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 important use cases is it really um popularized and revolutionized this idea of the smart contract. Now, whoa, 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 Jacob, what's a smart contract? Uh, fancy word. Let's talk about that. Smart contract is um, this computer protocol, basically, you can think about it. It's like a script almost, computer script, um, that facilitates a contract, really. I mean, not to use the word contract in its definition, in definition for smart contract, but... <sighs> It facilitates that contract without a third party, so it is a it is a valid it is a valid a validated transaction without a third party. You know, originally you know contracts. You know, you're thinking paper contracts. You would have to have obviously Notary. the two party parties. Wow, I was trying to say what you were saying as you're saying. <laughs> so you have the two parties, and then yeah, you have a notary, you have a bank, you have some intermediary in between mm-hmm. to validate it, to witness it. Now you just have a smart contract. You have Ethereum. You have the blockchain. So Ethereum started back in 2015, relatively new, July of 2015, um, by, I'm going to butcher his name because I am English. This is important. So before we started this podcast, we knew we wanted to talk about this man. We searched for about five to seven minutes trying to figure out how to (laughs) say his name. And, And as Americans or people who speak the English language will find out, we don't know how to, we don't know how to say it correctly, pronounce, pronounce it in English. Um, he is Russian born. He's born Canadian to Russian raised. parents, Canadian raised. And his name, drumroll, Vitalik Buterin. So that that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Vitalik, please don't hurt me. I know, I mean, you're a very, very, very intelligent man. So I know you could find all kinds of ways to humiliate me. So just please, in your good graces, do not. But Vitalik Buterin, Joseph Lubin, um, co-founders big names in the ethereum community and they are really still i would say vitalik mr buterin mm-hmm. is still a very big driving force behind ethereum consensus which when we say consensus that is the foundation behind um and like kind of the creative studio behind ethereum and then um so ethereum ethereum is Big and it has kind of a controversy about it. Probably one of the bigger cryptocurrency controversies. I would say because it 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 tries to fundamentally, I think it tries to keep this whole decentralized nature about it. And right now, Ethereum is in kind of not an identity crisis, but this crisis of they're trying to switch out of that proof of work. Whoa, whoa, proof of work. What's that mean? So. When we say proof of work or proof of stake, we're actually talking about, and a lot of altcoins are moving to different protocols of um, a validation. When, when, uh, like when we talked about mining with Bitcoin, mining is a proof of work uh, form of 
validating transactions, processing transactions on the network. Proof of work involves a lot of electricity and computing power, hash, you know, you hear the word hash thrown around. Actually, in the preliminary stages of planning this podcast, we liked the name Bitbyte Hash and then found out it was stolen from us. That was such a good name. That was a great name. Had a logo and everything. A logo and everything. Curse you. (laughs) But um, no, you hear this term hash. So proof of work requires a lot of computing power, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have proof of stake. Proof of stake is where you are actually, it's in the in the name, you're staking your coins, whatever you have in your wallet. And usually there's a functionality in these wallets where you are staking your coins and then at random, usually based upon the percentage that your, your staked coins have within the network, your coins are chosen to validate the next transaction. Um, so uh, Ethereum isn't, is, there's a lot of controversy in the Ethereum community right now as because it is second biggest cryptocurrency by market cap. It is kind of that it's that preliminary altcoin right now. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to unseat Ethereum as number two. Obviously, they're not going to unseat number one because that's Bitcoin right now. You know, no one's got a shot at that. At no one's got a shot at that right now. Bitcoin is king. Although but, I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> I do have a favorite that I think he, Landon has a favorite. But so Ethereum... The controversy is proof of work versus proof of stake. A lot of that decentralization, you know, and again, hopefully, hopefully this comes up in a in a, in a new podcast in a future podcast. This idea of decentralization versus centralization, you know, having you know maybe a board or a council, you know, blah, you know all these things. But one of the biggest issues with Ethereum is a something that happened back in. Um, 2016? 2016, yes. We have the, the DAO, the DAO, um, which DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And that is kind of, I believe at one time, was the foundation for governing um, Ethereum. It was hacked, actually. And I thought the number you found in million? our research... 70 million. 3.5 Ethereum. 3.5 million Ethereum. Ethereum, and it, it equaled it 70, 70 million, million dollars. U.S. dollars was siphoned off from the network and then the hacker disappeared and instead of trying to i I would say in in simplest terms instead of um i would say just taking the loss a good majority of the ethereum community as many humans want they want a justice and so to make it up to the people who lost the these the ether the um they actually rewrote the code essentially they rewrote those transactions to reimburse the people to reimburse the people and what it created was actually a it ended up creating a hard fork another fancy term which i will explain in us in a moment but it created a hard fork because a majority of the community looked at it and said no the code is law what Mm -hmm. happened happened you know you can't just rewrite the ledger and that brings up a lot of philosophical points if you will that Again, we could talk about for hours, you know, is it right to be able to rewrite the ledger? Should there be a foundation that can at will do that? And basically, Lynn and I were discussing it earlier before, you know, we really uh, sat down and, and had our little podcast conversation here is, you know, that's like printing money. You know, mm-hmm. when you really think about it, you just, you just, money was destroyed or money was lost <laughs> and they reprinted it. So, and 
out of this controversy, Ethereum Classic is born. Ethereum Classic is a <laughs> squeaky chair is a uh, is a hard fork. Hard fork meaning there was a, a there was a split in the community and inevitably it resulted in a split of the code. So you have the new code, which is actually just Ethereum, what we know as Ethereum today, and then you have Ethereum Classic, which is the original, that is the old ledger, um, or the original ledger, I should say, from whence the Genesis block of Ethereum came forth. Obviously, they're still, they still come from the same Genesis block, I should say, but they've taken different directions. And... Um, so that's where you get Ethereum Classic. Now, just to give you some basic information, right now, as of this moment, Ethereum is trading at $177 USD. It's got about USD. $19 billion market cap. Yes, just under $20 billion market cap. And then um, and when we say market cap, that is market capitalization. That is the total you, net you worth, take, if you would. If you take the number of uh, coins that have been mined times how much they're worth, that's your market. Yeah, essentially, what is whatever is in circulation currently times what it's worth uh and then ethereum classic is trading at four dollars and 57 cents which that doesn't i want let's make a note that doesn't necessarily mean uh just because one is worth more than the other it's better um because as you'll see as you'll note um later when we start discussing two of the other uh, altcoins that we want to talk about today these major altcoins just because something is worth more doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Usually it's just, honestly, at this point, what people have prescribed its worth to be mm-hmm. tra- at trading value. So moving on from Ethereum, I would eventually like to devote a whole conversation to Ethereum and all of the smart contract technology, mm, all the lot. use cases. There's so much so, more. So with Bitcoin, Bitcoin is Bitcoin. It's not changing. It's it is pretty hard coded into what it's going to be, and it's not changing. Pretty anything. much anything that happens with Bitcoin now is kind of layered on top. Yeah, but with Ethereum and these other uh, bit- cryptocurrencies we're going to talk about, they can they can maneuver a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's there are companies that own these cryptocurrencies, which also like we're going to talk with uh, one of these next cryptocurrencies it can be a little worrying uh, when because when a company. It's it's a company owned currency, mm. which is a little bit harder to trust than say Bitcoin that's just flooded out into the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like the 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 little boy that's the emancipated miner, you know, just freed and then yeah. all right, see you later, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So this next cryptocurrency is Litecoin. Litecoin started in. Uh, remember, I, we made a brief mention of Litecoin in our first ten years podcast on Bitcoin and crypto's history, um, October two thousand eleven. So still, really one of the first. I mean, oh, yeah. Namecoin. Namecoin came out just before that. Um, a distinguishing feature about Litecoin is it is really based almost entirely on Bitcoin's code. This is a easy just clone. Yeah, almost. Yeah, except um, the Charlie Lee, the founder behind Litecoin, wanted to solve the issue of scalability, and he wanted to solve the issue of transaction times because even early, I think, in Bitcoin's development and lifespan, you have this issue of, you know, uh, for Bitcoin, a transaction, a block time is ten minutes. That's the time in between each block. 
So you got to think, I mean, at Bitcoin size now, these transactions are huge now. I mean, when you really, these block sizes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so a real visionary to see that so early on. Oh, absolutely. And so Charlie Lee sees this and and also he also sees an issue of supply. You know, Mm. Bitcoin is hard coded at 21 million coins. Litecoin is hard coded at 84 million. 84. So the times four on the supply and then he takes the block times from 10 minutes to 2.5 to 2.5 so a fourth of the block time um so it's it's a good example of what i call bitcoin better you know you have taking the good things about bitcoin decentralization this whole idea and then expanding upon it and that's what you'll see with a lot of these altcoins is they take the ideology behind bitcoin and run with it in a new direction that you would you wouldn't maybe necessarily expect or that people clearly see and they go, oh, well, Bitcoin, the, the you know, the code is law kind of mm-hmm. suffers from A, B, or C. And that's where these altcoins kind of, that's the direction they go. Litecoin currently trading at $56.55 USD. Um, something to note with Litecoin is Litecoin just recently went through a halving. And remember, a halving we talked about is um, where the block reward, so for every block that's mined, the block reward is literally cut in half. So uh, Litecoin's having just occurred, and it was a lot of speculation. You know, you'd have this huge price jump, and I think what we found was people, there was kind of like a run up to it, and then things kind of calm back down, and it's kind of trading at higher prices than what it was before. Um, back in December, it was only like, I want to say like 20 or $30. Mm-hmm. So the happening did, but also the bull run at uh, in the beginning of 2019 up to june really kind of helped with all that as well but. and also it's uh it's market cap right now is about three and a half billion yes so it is um it was before its most recent kind of dump um it was trading at like the fourth it was like fourth or fifth by market cap mm-hmm. now i believe it's around six or seven yeah um behind bitcoin cash and tether probably yep. um tether we will also discuss maybe bitcoin cash if we have time um Next, drum roll, it is Landon's favorite, favorite baby currency. Oh, yes. So we have Ripple um, XRP. You'll, you'll hear these terms kind of talked almost interchangeably, but Ripple is actually the foundation, the company behind XRP, and XRP is actually the cryptocurrency itself. Um, now, also, when you hear, you'll hear abbreviations these are the generally accepted ticker symbols of a cryptocurrency so ethereum is eth for ether uh, ethereum ethereum classic etc litecoin ltc bitcoin btc um i don't know what name coins was did you look that up (laughs) i I don't remember (laughs) um but ripple xrp uh, kind of interchangeably started in 2012 um and really Ripple's vision for XRP is to be used as really a global payment system. Mm-hmm. I would say yes. probably they're the most aggressively going out looking at cryptocurrency as a as a means of global, uh, almost like a global currency, if you would. And that's really coming to bite them in the butt because another problem that we talked about, like the centralization, centralization versus decentralization, Ripple owns about 60% of all XRP. Mm. So that, if you think about it, if, you know, that's, that's, that's not a lot in the community. It's almost like a government. It's, you know, yeah. when you really boil it down, it's almost like a government or a central bank. You look at, you know, the United States. Um, 
the the Federal Reserve in the United States government really controls the circulation of mm. U.S. dollars in the in the global economy, and they control what's in circulation. Really, when you you really delve deep into what Landon's saying here, that they own sixty percent of it, you know, they control the market. Price. They, yeah, they really they they control market price. They can, kind of can control circulation in a way because Ripple also is it's to be understood. I do not believe quote quote me if I'm wrong. Ripple is not mineable. Ripple is actually a token, um, mm. which is something that we'll also have to have a conversation about in the future. But go ahead. So, XRP, so since it's owned mostly by Ripple, whenever, so Ripple is constantly trying to make these maneuvers to get in with the banks and try to have banks use them as a, a currency so that they can use for pay- payment options. The thing is when ever ripple has to make payments for something they will use X, they will sell some of their xrp to pay for their the things they like the payments of uh, contracts and stuff so every time that something gets done they kind of start flooding the the market with xrp which i think is a bad move i mean it just seems kind of dirty to it does seem like it's not actually, and people can kind of go into an argument. It doesn't really seem like a cryptocurrency then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems like a, like a digital currency, which we will also talk about later with the announcement of China's um, national digital currency. And uh, China's uh, president, uh, how his talk just blasted cryptocurrency about, again, I yeah. think 20%, almost oh, 20%. something crazy, yeah. I know Bitcoin saw two thousand dollars spike at one point. Incredible! And one in about eight hours, about an eight hours. Uh, yeah, I, I I went to bed, got the alarm or the alert in the middle of the night, and then woke up to that alert saying Bitcoin is up to nine thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Coinbase alerts. <laughs> um, little plug there. Um, yeah, I, so I think there's definitely uh, and the these are the re- one of the reasons we want to talk about altcoins, not just to, to distinguish them from Bitcoin, but to show you use our beautiful listeners, yes, use cases, and how not every cryptocurrency is the same. Some people may be listening to something like this for the first time, hearing about cryptocurrency for the first time ever, and go kind of maybe make that assumption. I mean, it's an assumption I made early on, you know, well, all, all cryptocurrency is just like Bitcoin. It's just copy, which when you really boil it down, a lot of them, they share That's that fair. same vision. It That's is. Fair. It's a fair assumption to make. Um, but when you really start delving in, especially with things like Ripple. Yeah, some um, of them, some some people were visionaries and they saw use cases of this can be used for something more than just get rich quick schemes. Mm-hmm. Some people say like, hey, this could be used for easy banking. Let's try to make this a thing. Absolutely. Which I think is a very noble cause. And then some people are just trying to make Bitcoin to get rich off of it. Mm, which, absolutely. Which that's uh, I all the initial coin offering scams. That could lend a whole episode to itself. We could revisit BitConnect. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> BitConnect. Um, so um, something else to speak, talk about with altcoins is, so you have Bitcoin, you have altcoins, then you have the stablecoin a term used for a cryptocurrency that is pegged to some sort of reserve currency. A fiat currency. Yeah, typically a fiat currency. So the big um, U.S. dollar stable coins, you have USD coin, you have true USD, you have uh, Paxos standard token, you have 
uh, Gemini dollar, one of the more infamous and actually the currently by market capitalization um, biggest you have Tether. Um, these are all purportedly, I will say purportedly, allegedly, I, I don't know the word here, tied to some sort of reserve. You hear, and I think we mentioned this before, you hear rumors or uh, accusations that Tether is not truly tied to any kind of reserve. Um, hopefully it's not for all you people who have all your USD and Tether. But um, it, it is this idea of trying to take a fiat currency and... It's like a best of both worlds idea where you have a you have a currency tied to the elements of cryptocurrency, so you can track it on a blockchain. Um, you know, all the transactions take place digitally, and it's uh, it's a good entry way for people into the crypto space. I know when I first when I first made my Coinbase account and you know started you know trying to figure out the crypto world. It was easy for me to be able to um, exchange my actual physical or like, you know, my actual fiat money into that USD coin. And it just kind of felt like a whole new world opened up. And, and the, the, the really the necessity of stable coins is we are moving into a more and more digital world. So much so that we have governments talking about creating national currencies onto blockchain technology or or digitizing digitizing digitalizing there we go yes. digitalizing um currency specifically with china um after libra's after facebook's libra announcement back in june um china almost immediately really i think took the charge and mm -hmm. said we are going to digitalize the um the chinese yuan um and with a huge butt here because when you when a crypto when a cryptocurrency thinker such as the crypto cranks here when we hear that term we think of <laughs> okay okay this is a cryptocurrency this is going to be based on a blockchain this is going to be mind mind really when china says when the government when the when the people's republic of china see okay here's one thing go the thing about cryptocurrencies, it's supposed to be pseudo-anonymous. Pseudo-anonymous, decentralized. Really, that's what really got the yes. Silk Road really interested. But with a country like China, it's not so much for privatization. Yeah, there it so is. So when China, honestly, what, what you hear when you should be thinking about China saying we're going to create our own cryptocurrency is, hey, we're creating, we're, we're creating a lot of sounds wrong online money yeah like, yeah really it, we're, we're taking we're taking the we're taking these this renminbi and we are digitalizing digitalizing it yeah which essentially. i think is a genius move like who well when, when how much you said when you were over there you paid oh, for everything basically with your phone yeah wechat like, and alipay yeah, so and, i lived in china for two months and everybody so wechat is just such a widely used app and it's incredible it's owned by Tencent, who also owns League of Legends and also owns Blizzard, all these controversial companies right now, they they own just so many huge companies, and they own WeChat. WeChat is their messenger. That's their Snapchat. That's their Facebook. That's their everything. And on it, they have an app where it's kind of like you can scan a QR code and send money. Mm -hmm. 
and that's how they almost pay like for a everybody. PayPal. Yeah, it's like an easy, and it's like it takes two seconds. Like they also have the like the touch thing, so like you oh, contactless yeah, payment. You yeah. buy tea, touch it, and then you're good. And it's it's incredible to see because customers can just go by so quickly. Buy, boom, buy, boom. And I think if anyone was really surprised by the government of, or the Bank of China coming out and saying that, I think they probably have missed out on China's growth. And China's interest in technology, period. And I think it's honestly, it's not even a China thing. I think honestly, most of Asia can easily get on this because oh, I sure. wouldn't, because I haven't been to Japan, but I, and I also haven't been to South Korea, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were very. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they were very far behind. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. And so you hear all this talk about national digital currency and stablecoin, and I, I want to make sure we don't confuse the two because a stablecoin is all on a blockchain it's all pegged to an actual reserve or should be really ideally um stablecoin um is not the same thing as a digital currency because it is like we spoke like like with china the example of the bank of china's um currency is it is essentially a digital currency it's it's just taking everything online where it should be anyway because that's the kind of society we're all kind of moving to Mm. anyway and um and then with Libra, um, uh, which, I mean, reading through Libra's white paper and, and reading through th- these documents about Libra, Libra is a, it has it has a specific use case. Um, Facebook's use case for Libra is to go to unbanked peoples, make it easier for unbanked peoples to transact um, and join kind of the, 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 the global financial system and it is pegged to a basket of currencies. It's not just U.S. dollar or the euro or the renminbi or you know um, you know the yen. You know it, it's it's a it's a basket. The controversy behind that is that's essentially like saying Facebook is um, a government and. The, I think a lot of which it really it, I don't know it tickles my fancy because you have all these governments all of a sudden freaking out because they're forty years behind in the fi- in the global financial system, mm-hmm. particularly the United States and some other countries. They they're freaking out about this. Oh, you're going to upend the whole global financial system. Oh, I hope so. Um, <laughs> uh, we want to watch the world burn. Um, but I think you um, it really shouldn't cause us. Uh, cause for concern of the global it really what it really should drive us to is how can we make it work how can we make an idea like this work because it is we, we've been talking about use cases with altcoins and and how these new coins come along and like i i, I was plugged in for a little while kind of keeping track of of a um of a gold-backed coin gold and silver-backed coins by a, a company called uh, kinesis and their whole point was let's 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 back money again let's give it a backing let's give it an actual reserve and it was a private company but they were coming up with a a token uh, a, a crypto token that was backed by you know physical gold and silver and uh, it would allow kind of that fractional ownership of yeah. gold and silver and and it was a valiant effort and so i think with the bank of china a lot of people especially in the united states will look at that and go oh well they're just trying to control their money you know they're just trying to keep better tabs on them and you know that's all you know that's fine i mean that mm-hmm. that's their government's choice but i think when you look at it negatively in that manner and you don't go you also see they're getting way ahead yeah that, yeah you, you, that, like they, you don't understand how far ahead that makes a country like take take a country that's completely digitalized mm. versus a country that's still 
having to print money. Mm-hmm. And also, it makes it a lot easier to put money to the currency when you don't have to actually print it. You can mm-hmm. just kind of type in a few numbers. That's a very interesting world. Not that I'm saying that's better. No, no, no. So we've been ranting a bit for about a bunch of. I would points. say yeah, quite quite a rabbit trail there. So let's wrap this up. But first, I do want to talk about China's president on what he said. That yes, bumped up all these cryptocurrencies about ten to twenty percent last. Bitcoin night. and all of his little brother altcoins. Oh, they definitely grew up a little bit. Chinese President Xi Jinping has appealed for greater urgency in the development of blockchain technology and a move analysis say could open up a new front in the country's growing rivalry with the United States. So we all know about the trade. That's Boom, going on. the trade war, yes. Trade war. So we're not going to talk about Trump or any of that, but there is a trade war going on, and it's not looking... Trade wars aren't good for either side. Oh, no. Honestly. Uh, but Xi Jinping, like, he's he got the economy backed by a... 1.3 billion people mm-hmm. and if you that entire country just goes digital you know because they have that power like when oh, you have absolutely. a when you have that kind of absolute power of a country you can go digital and much quicker than a, a country that that isn't well and if it's a if if everyone understands that it is, is for a better society and they want to work towards that mm-hmm. that definitely makes things better yeah so it makes we saw easier so that's just the that's the power of a couple words by uh by a president of a large country, is absolutely boosting and, up the uh, market cap by billions. And it, it's important to talk about this because you can see the relationship. When someone mentions Bitcoin, altcoins typically follow. When yes. Bitcoin, when Bitcoin has a bad day, altcoins typically have a bad day. You have you have a few that are always randomly not tied, mm-hmm. like uh, Ripple, Rip or Ripple or Litecoin. One of the one of the two big ones just jumped. 10% higher than the rest of them. Maybe it's Bitcoin Cash. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And, and you have that, but everyone else is still in the tanks. And then all of a sudden, it'll come back down to that, that, that random that random jumper will come back down to. But it's, it's important to talk about and kind of make these distinctions between altcoins, not just by their use cases, but by, I don't know, you get to everything they are and all the effects thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, and also our rabbit trail down the Chinese digital currency hole is relevant in the fact that this is where this is where cryptocurrency this is where currency in itself is going this is the direction we're taking we're taking kind of this we want to make a better system path Mm -hmm. if you will so i would say this is a great place to say goodbye not say goodbye say see you later i'm jacob I'm Landon. And this has been the Crypto Craze. Thanks for listening.